What's going on, everybody? Wait, was that my cue? Am I supposed to go? Okay, cool. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is the Man Up Podcast with your host, Jake, the Mississippi Superman Reeves, with my co-host, Wesley, the Armadillo Wrangler Dunham, and Tyler, don't call me. We'll switch the camera view. There we go. Tyler, don't call me Possum Copeland. Hey. And as always, not... There is always, but not as always. We have Alan Aldridge back on the episode today. I want the great other. Uh, I wanted that one so bad. I'm just kidding. You can have it. I know you wanted it. Okay. Before we jump into this episode, guys, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Mills Home Center. Mills Home Center has the deals and the thrills, baby. Um, go to, and see my boy Sean Gates at Mills Home Center. They will hook you up with a high quality. Mobile home. I'm talking about a beautiful mobile home. Two bedroom, three bedroom, four bedroom, five bedroom. They even have an option for a six six bedroom home. Tyler, sorry, you weren't in the. You weren't in the. Remember these luxurious trailers having that many bedrooms? Yeah, they have some super nice ones now. And then if you put them together, up there, they've up they've they've upgraded. You can get like used to if you lived in a trailer, it was kind of like. Huh, you live in a trailer, it's a piece of shit. And now you li- you see some of these trailers now, and you're like, this trailer is actually substantially nicer than my house. Have you been in one of the six-bedroom ones? I haven't. Of course he has. I want to see what it's like. It's that nice. sounds like it would it's be probably like a triple wide, wouldn't it be? You think it'd be that house? It's nicer than my house. A lot of them are nicer than my house, actually. Quite a few trailers that he sells are actually quite a bit nicer than my house. My house is not that nice, though. So let me just say, my house is not super nice. But it is. He we out here at 70 degrees. We got the suns out and the guns out, baby. Uh, coming off of a pretty pretty nice weekend this weekend. So weird. Everyone has long sleeves on. You have no sleeves. I'm just, I'm just cutting it cutting it loose. You yeah, know? you're just cutting the sleeves I should out be in short nice sleeves. Shirt. I'm a little bit warm. It wasn't that nice. No. This is a pretty cheap shirt. I don't actually. like it, though. It don't matter. I gotta, I gotta it don't matter how much it costs. It was the quality of the shirt for me. You know what I'm saying? I got to say, like, since inception of, like, first or second time on the show, it's the first time I've had all y'all here when I'm here. Really? Oh, really? Since like the first episode, right? Yeah. Wow. I think it is. Let's all shake hands. That's, you talking that's about that time? Be, that's something to be, nope, my, me first. Are me we first. talking about the time that we all sang Church Mouse? Yeah, that, for old time's sake. You want to do it? I don't, but we can. Oh, we don't have to. <laughs> I mean, I just. <laughs> we'll come back to it later. Let's, yeah, see, we, how, let's see how these mics lemonades treat us. Church yeah, I, I get a couple of drinks in, and I might want to swing, sing quiet as a church mouse. I had right? forgotten about that until you brought it up. We've never sung it on, li- on live, I don't think. Oh, no. they're not ready for it yet. No. When we had to have our that fourth is a man up here. Yeah. It's going to go on. Yeah, one day we're going to do a, we're going to do like you. We're going to make an album, and that's going to be the first track on the it's gonna album. It's going to be the only track on the album. Yeah, hopefully. it's going to be quiet as a church mouse. And no, there's going to be some, there's going to be some Creed remakes. <laughs> uh, you got to get the copyrights for that, dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I don't about mean, those bars I spit? It depends before, on how big it is. Before uh, sound during sound check, what about those bars? Yeah, that's, that'll go. Yeah, bet I like that. We had a pretty pretty great weekend in New Orleans. Uh, oh. Me and Mo went down to watch Alan Belcher fight, and for the bare knuckle heavyweight title, um, it was a good time. Joe Savage is here with us today as well. What's up, Joe? He's off screen. He's not in his three piece suit today. So not in his three piece suit. Uh, <laughs> but no, we got we got uh we went down there. I tell let me tell you about how we, when we get down there. So I make the decision that I'm going to book the hotel room for Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Okay, possibly come home Saturday after the event. 
but I wasn't stuck sure. Up in Columbus till Friday night, though, right? Do what? You were stuck in Columbus till Friday night. No, I I, I was down. I drove down Thursday night. Oh, okay. I drove down Thursday night. I, uh, Friday night was the fight. Oh, the fight was that was Friday night. Oh, I see. so so Thursday night we drive down to New Orleans. We left here. It was around nine ish, nine ten. Then we stopped and got gas and got something to eat what and whatnot. We get to New Orleans at 2 o'clock in the morning. We get to the hotel at 2.11 a.m. I go into the hotel. What's up? Did it stink bad? It wasn't as bad as other times I've been. It wasn't as bad. I figured it would coming right off Mardi Gras. Yeah, just off yeah. Mardi Gras. God, I thought like, it was going to be awful. New Orleans already What's has up, Innocent Joe Po 20? What's up, brother? How are you today, my man? Good to see you. Um, no, so we get in there. It's 2, 2.11 in the morning. I walk inside. I'm like, hey, I need to check in. She goes, oh, I'm sorry. Um, the computer's completely shut down from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. We cannot check what? anybody in between 2 and 5 a.m. And I was like, I'm sorry. Because I called them, and I told them. I was like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I got to teach jujitsu. I got to work until this time. We're going to drive in late, get there early Friday morning, but I'm going to go ahead and pay for Thursday night so I'll have a room waiting on me. They said that was fine. <laughs> they said they took your money and said you can't stay. I drove <laughs> all the way down there. I drove all the way down there for my room. I couldn't get a room. So me and Mo sat right outside the hotel in the valet parking lane and slept from 2 in the morning till 5, or just sat and chilled, slept part of the time, from till 5 in the morning. Mm -hmm. I get up. I walk inside. Armpits are sweating in this shirt. I walk inside. They should. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, our system's up, but that doesn't mean we can check you in. <laughs> and I was like, hold on. Why? She was like, because we don't have a room for you. And I said, I reserved a room. She said, just because you reserve a room doesn't mean that we have a room available. Mm. That's exactly what reserving that's a room exactly means. exactly what it means. It means that I reserve this room. Yeah. And she says, well, I'm sorry. We don't have any rooms available. You know, that's the same thing as like a reservation when you, you rent a car. I went to Enterprise one time, picked out the car, and I get there to get the car that I picked out. It's not there. It's not there. And then they go through this whole spiel. Well, we can't put you in this eco car. It's a long drive, so I got the Hyundai Accent or whatever, the best mile per gallon. Well, they're trying to put me up in like a full-size car. I was like, well, that's not as bad. But I was like, what is the point of a reservation if you're not going to reserve it for me? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It's just You're just making me do half of my half of the reservation. You're making me reserve, but you ain't doing your half. Yeah. Like you you expect me, if, if I don't show up for my reservation, I still got to pay up my money. Now, granted, Did I you? know like this is customer service and they deal with people all the time. But, like, there's clearly a disconnect between you and understanding what the word reservation means. Right. So then they're like, well, we do have one thing available. We have one room available. Residential suite. No. Single bed, no windows. <laughs> oh, God, the prison cell. <laughs> on the 17th floor. <laughs> prison cell suite. Cell block C. <laughs> cell block, block C. When you travel and go out of town, do you always go hotel, motel, or do you ever do Airbnb? I do Airbnb, yeah. What's your preference? Do you have one? If I'm if I'm staying longer, I like Airbnb. They get you with the cleaning fees on Airbnb if you're only staying for one or two nights because they the cleaning fees are designed for you to stay for a long time because they don't go up. You know, if you stay for a week, you stay for a night, you stay for a month, the, you only pay pay that cleaning fee one time. So it's cheaper if you stay longer. Um, if I'm staying for more than a night or two, I like Airbnb. If I'm staying for just a couple days, I like a hotel. That makes sense. When I go to Memphis, there's an Airbnb. It's like right beside the uh, what's that famous hotel right off Bill Street? 
like they got the oh, ducks. Um, I don't know. What's the name of it? They have the ducks. Yeah, they got the ducks. They're the uh, ducks. Oh, I know. Oh my uh, God! It's just right where they come out and walk to the courtyard. Yeah, they right. train them to Peabody. walk. Peabody, Peabody, the Peabody yeah. Hotel. Yeah, so there's an apartment complex like right across the street from that mm-hmm. Airbnb. <laughs> and I've been knowing this guy. First time I booked his apartment in that adjacent building was the first time I met the guy. But we hit it off, and so every time I come down there, I got his phone number. I just hit him up. Like, I need that room. But like I've been hearing horror stories. Like I had friends go out to Texas for a wedding. Not only is this cleaning fee thing real, like just how it's like almost becoming coming like worse than a hotel experience. Like I've had, I've had several hitting experiences. you with like all yeah. kind of fees that mm-hmm. you and on top of that is like they're watching the and then cameras. If, if you and don't like, like wash the oh, towels, they got cameras in there? you know some of them do. That Airbnb we stayed in New Orleans that one time for that tournament was dope. Joe Dennis says if I'm with your mom, Airbnb for sure. Damn. He actually said A, B, and B. A, B, and B. That's the lower version of Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm going to stay. That in was dope, though, because we, uh, we, we, we went and stayed down in New Orleans. Well, actually, about 30 pimp. minutes outside of New Orleans, and we got a, was it a two- or three-story house. But it was, it was two, but it was on the base. Well, I guess you. It was nice for us because we got the suite. We got the nice bedrooms. Everybody else had oh, to yeah. sleep upstairs. There was like nine beds upstairs, yeah. and everybody slept upstairs with the nine beds. We had a nice. But he was still pimp upstairs, too. Yeah, it was nice. We had a super nice kitchen. Had a little elevator to bring stuff up and down. Um, it was nice. It was super Pretty nice. That's one of the best Airbnbs that I've stayed in. I've also stayed in Airbnbs, though, where, like, if you don't deep clean the house, they don't expect you just to pick up after yourself and put the, take the sheets off the oh, bed. yeah, they got weird rules. They like, want you to do sure all kinds of weird stuff. Make sure you take the trash out and wash the dishes and yeah. make and the beds up. I'm like, I'm going to be honest with y'all. If if I got if that's what – that is kind of the direction Airbnb is going, and since then I've stopped doing Airbnb. It, it, now that I'm having to, like, be a maid – it for myself. It's my mess. I get it. It's my mess. It. Yeah. That's it. But, I mean, that is exactly what these Airbnbs That's why I like hotels because I just yeah. take a shit in the floor at a hotel. Exactly my thoughts. <laughs> you know? Oh, there's, like no, just, there's no rules. Yeah. No, but I, there is something nice about having a house. Mm-hmm. Especially if you got, like, you came down with a crew. It's yeah. almost like getting a log cabin up in the mountains. Oh, I love it. It's a lot better. Now. My, parent, my parents well, have was, a cabin up in the mountains. That was the only downside to that one. We were like, we were like 25, 30 minutes outside. Yeah, we had to Uber in. I mean, we were on the base, so there wasn't anything. Yeah. There. So, we so, just rented an air tree and bee. It's a bed in a tree nice. house. I'm going to go. Like on step You're going to do this or you, you did gonna this? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this the last week of March. This is a real thing? During the week, yeah. You're staying in a tree house? Yeah, I'm staying in a fucking tree house. Where? In Pickwick. Oh, Pickwick's nice. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be cool. I tell you what's really cool. Bad we should call it glamping, cool. right? So it's glamorously camping or yeah. whatever. I, I have know. heard about this. <laughs> <and when laughs> my sounds co- super... <laughs> my co-worker's wife told him about glamping, and right when he told me, I said, please don't say that it's glamorous camping put together. Yes, sir. It's exactly what it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about... You're, you're out on a lake. I'm doing it. But, like, they got these nice tents to work... Man, they got electricity in those dogs. Yeah, you got a mattress they in got there. AC. Yeah, it is yeah. like it's kind of like camping without all the parts of camping that suck. Mm-hmm. Right. It kind of seems brilliant in a way. I don't have to wake up with like a snake in my asshole or nothing. So I'm that's good never had. That's still gonna happen to you though, because I'm coming. <laughs> oh, okay. It kind of it <laughs> brings the purpose of camping, in my opinion. Now, granted, if you're out on the lake or the river or whatever, out at a national park, mm-hmm. roughing it with the boys. Airbnbs. Even I've heard, then, I've like heard that. Airbnbs can be a good investment. Like if you go yeah. to the Town Creek or around here, then when you, you get your little camping pad, they got the little post right there with plugins. Mm-hmm. So even here's now, what I'm gonna say right now is what I think we should do. Just drink the rest of it. 
I'm not ready to drink the rest oh, of it. Oh, I thought you were giving it to me to put away. No, I'm not giving it to you. I'm, I'm putting it right here. Sorry, so dog. In a second. Relax. He said you better drink At that. Pickwick Lake, Pickwick, that's up north, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. At Pickwick Lake, you can rent uh, um, pontoon boats. Oh, you wow. can rent different boats up there. Here's what I say. I say we make a Man Up podcast getaway. I'm down. And I'm then, then and we, open up, we open up. We open up. On a boat. And we, uh, we make a contest for one lucky fan to get to go on vacation with us to Pickwick Lake on the boat. And they, and they can enter, and we pick one person to come with us to Pickwick Lake for our weekend getaway. What do you think? I think no. that's a fantastic idea. I, was, I kept talking, I cool. and everybody was just looking at me. Well, and I was that's like, oh, I'm you not, kept talking. I right, might shut the fuck up and let right, us right, answer I the question. I mean, that's great content for a podcast or anyone who is in the content creating field because, yeah. like, if you have a fan base, like, with the record or with the festivals that I throw, is <laughs> that, that gives, like, a real-life opportunity for fans of the show to come out and yeah, no doubt. it's a meet-and-greet, right? <laughs> That's fantastic. My boy just called you Joe Dirt like a zombie, boy. <laughs> what up, Joe Hill? He ain't got the mullet, but boy, he got the t-shirt. I'm getting there, dog. You know, one day at a time, my boy. One day at a time. Uh, but yeah, no, back to my I, New Orleans. I that's a great idea. on that, Joe. It's not Joe Dirt. It's Joe Deerte. 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 You can't go back to New Orleans without, without coming with this Pickwick idea. Like That's all I got. Around when? This is just something I just came up with right now. Well, write it on, down on your pad so okay. you don't forget. Yeah, I'm down with that. that. Would, uh, that is a fantastic idea. What is a big blowout weekend on Pickwick where they do like the festival out there on the water and shit? Didn't know they did that. I, I did not know they did that either. But that I knew they did like one at Tomato Lake, like Thunder on Water. But you know one thing about Pickwick Lake, too, is I know for a fact I could take the boys to Pickwick Lake. And nobody get mad. With no blowback from the wife because there is no trouble to get into on Pickwick Lake. Facts. Because historically speaking, Wives give you blowback when they believe there is trouble to get into. And I'm not pointing any fingers at any of my friends or anybody, but there is something to be said for when a bunch of dudes get together, trouble seems to ensue. We just tend to have some trouble, right? Are you still pointing your finger at me? I'm not pointing my finger at anybody. <laughs> I feel like you're looking at me. I, I actually was purposely like not looking at you. I was looking at Alan <laughs> so that I, w I knew I wasn't going to step on nobody's toes. My toes are fine. You know, sometimes you do shit. You know what I mean? It's fine. <laughs> Appreciate it, Joe. Lo to love be you, fair, bro. whenever you get on a boat with the boys on a body of water, <laughs> Joe Dan says you could. Time. He says you guys could just pick really hot chicks as the winner every time. Uh, we could. We're not gonna do that. But uh, we're not gonna do because that. we got to. You know the whole not it's being a man, we're all married. It's the man up podcast, and like anyway. ninety percent of our fan base is dudes. I was like yeah. Joe, check the chat, dude. Y'all, it's all dicks in here. Come <laughs> there's on, bro. A, there's every once in a while we get some women in, but we had several in here last weekend. Yeah, we we've yeah. had some women coming in, but a hot two of them. Um, but anyway, back to New Orleans. Come yeah, on. If, Let's go. Uh, Innocent Joe says, if I don't get picked, I'm going to still come. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Party out there. That'd be dope. So, uh, so no, we get down to New Orleans. We do that. I have a, I have a hot seat. And what a hot seat is, is I have business coaches. Alan, who actually fought for the bare knuckle title, started a thing called Combat Business. And it's where they coach people that own gyms and stuff on like how to make money. Can I tell you what I thought it was going to be? What? Where a bunch of business owners get together and you beat the shit out of them just for no reason. That's what it sounds like. Combat, Combat business. business. No. I like so. the idea of that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> From the stories I saw on the social media, it looked like y'all had a dope-ass seat. Yeah, oh, yeah. We were, we, were, we were 
as close as we were ringside and on table. Yeah. Um, because it was the it was the combat business executives, which is the highest level program that you can be in in that company. Um, I was by far the least successful person there in terms of like money. Did you feel like How a big long dog? Is, uh, bare knuckle boxing like been out and like it's recently hit the public's eye. What, three years. BKFC three years? came out here just a few years ago, and BKFC is really kind of taking it to 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 the public. Um, creating a new event like that, like you know, you know where the first place it happened. Mississippi, where, Mississippi was where it started. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mississippi was the one of the first states. Mississippi and one other state were the first states to legalize bare knuckle boxing. How many is there now? It's still not fifty, right? No, it's not fifty, but they, it's a lot of them. It they're is. they're able to travel now. I mean, yeah. Allen's the main motherfucker. That's the guy. No. No. There's other. There's other. I'm saying they started the league. How did they do the rankings? Did everybody just start punching the crap out of yeah. you. Yeah. There were no rankings, and you just kind of. I mean, like any new thing, yeah. You like any new promotion of any type, like you just have a few events, and after a few events, you just establish rankings. It's like whatever man can beat Paige Van Zant, you get in the top ten. Anybody who loses, I mean, to be honest out. with you, in the beginning, it 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 started off not super competitive, and it's gradually become more and more competitive. I mean, I um, them real real people in there. Though. Yeah, they're getting some some real folks in there. Al- Allen's the heavyweight champion now, and he he man that fight. I don't know if you were in the chat and you watched that fight. Um, Put us a put. Let us know. Let so me know if anybody. Caleb Harris won this fight, too. bro. That fight with the Caleb Harris put on thirty nine seconds. I'm, I'm gonna try to get him back on here. Uh, not only was it a thirty nine second knockout, bro, it was a thirty nine second thirty nine second knockout of Brad Kelly. Like Brad Kelly is not a chump. Brad Kelly's not a not a not a walk get walk through me fight. I figured, but Caleb's not neither though. No, he's not. But I I figured that fight was definitely going into deep rounds. I, I definitely felt like that fight was going to go into deep rounds. Allen went out. I don't know what it is, man. I just I got faith in my boy. We were sitting right next to Arnold Adams' family. So it was our table, and the table directly next to us was his opponent's family's table. And, um, I wonder why they did that. Well, they had to sit somewhere, and everybody there was rooting for Allen. So it was in New Orleans. He's from Biloxi. Oh, yeah. Like he, I mean, the Where's whole crowd. I'm sitting there thinking Chicago. Okay. Reserved. Um, <clears throat> Brock Lesnar should get into some bare knuckle, not boxing though. Maybe bare knuckle MMA. Um, Thanks for saying bar- that. Bare knuckle boxing is not going to be his thing. I don't think. Got no now, as far and this may be a stupid question, but as far as like cuts, what is the difference in bare knuckle versus like UFC? Or way more balls? cuts. Oh yeah. Way more you cuts. Them knuckles. Way more. Way 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 more cuts. Is that why the UFC? Like I remember like early days of like Royce Gracie and like when they were still wearing the gi and you had like little. Little man fighting big old dude like yeah, no weight classes, size. no gloves either. Yeah, and he yeah. was just submitting the hell out of him. Yeah, no gloves, no weight classes. But if you don't, if, if you don't know any BJJ, everybody talks about wrestling now because wrestling. When Mick, when, if, if like if you grew up wrestling and then I add jujitsu to your arsenal later, you're gonna have a great background because the wrestling room practices are are so grueling. So wrestling's a great background. But if you don't know any submissions or submission defense. I don't care if you knew wrestling or not. Jiu-Jitsu is going to beat those guys. So early on, Jiu-Jitsu just dominated. Um, you can't do that as much in the modern sport. 
Like, what about that asshole that had boxing gloves? <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? He gets the bare knuckle, right? Uh, the early. I, you know, I, I, Art I, Jimerson? I actually get that. Yeah, what was his name? Wasn't it Art Jimerson? Uh, something sounds, like something, yeah. sounds right. He had, he had one on his hand. It was supposed to be one. like an intimidation factor, he thought. Well, the one glove, too. One thing about a boxing glove is, is it, uh, it's a shield. True. So, like, if I'm if I'm blocking punches, one thing that changes from boxing to MMA and bare knuckle is when I block with a boxing glove on, I can just raise my hand up to my temple, and my whole head is covered. True. So, I'm able to block easier when I'm – in MMA, if I do this, that hand is going to creep through. It's going to catch my chin. So I got to block. I got to pick where I'm blocking more. I just can't raise my hand. So there is some defensive advantages. I was strictly thinking offensively, but that's a good point. Yeah, there was some like you got to wear wrestling shoes too if you wanted in yeah. the MMA. You do whatever, you but you want. couldn't throw kicks. If you oh, wore you shoes, you, you couldn't throw uh, kicks. Okay, I didn't know that was the rule, I believe. Could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that was the rule. That's interesting. Are they kind of developing these rules as they go? Because that's interesting to wear. MMA or bare knuckle? Bare knuckle. Well, bare knuckle, they're not developing the rules as they go. Oh, We're talking early, early MMA. Oh. This is all early MMA stuff. Yeah, that's uh, really before Dana White got involved. Right? Oh, yeah, that's Dana. when the Gracies were still running. Back when my man had hair, yeah. Another, that's another interesting thing to talk about with the Hoist Gracie <laughs> thing. It is important to remember his family did run the promotion. Yeah. You know, but it was tournament style, so it's not like they could just handpick the, everybody. You know, um, they tried to get uh, Frank Ducks in there. Frank, yeah, Frank Ducks, you know, yeah, blood sport. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd have been interesting. Who was a what huge, a piece of shit huge, that guy is? Huge, huge man, the big, huge man. The big Joe, you want to be come and be on the show with us? You no. come sit down. Come on, come pull your chair up. Oh, that's you your dog. dog. Why'd you bring your dog? What are you, some type oh, of stupid gosh. idiot? Stupid idiot. Well, you wild how oh, MMA's the evolved. Like, fight on. You remember, like early days of MMA, they'd have grand prix where people would fight two and three times a night. Oh, Dan yeah. Shapiro. What up, Dan? Jake Paul, Fury fights. I got Jake Paul. I'm being I believe Jake Paul is going to get it. I'm yeah. going with Jake Paul. Oh, yeah, of course. I think Jake Paul will win. I think I have become a Jake Paul fan. I don't if know that I'm wins. a fan. Dan, but, if but he wins, I'm a fan. This like, is almost like a boxer, Super Bowl to me. Dan Shapiro. It's like even though like everybody was betting on the Eagles. Oh, what? And the Chiefs win. It's like yeah. even Point though. Dan. I'm pointing at Dan. Even okay. though Fury has <laughs> got a history. He pointed at Dan, too. We're all pointing at Dan. Jake Paul. Oh, he wanted Jake probably Paul. Probably going to stay undefeated in this. I think so. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, but but Jake Paul is a damn good boxer. Everybody is acting like this kid's an athlete. Same His boy boxing guy. looks good. I haven't. I don't know anything about Tommy Fury though. I know nothing about the guy. Um, when I saw but, Paul versus Fury, I was like, "Please tell me it's Tyson. That'll be humble pie, real quick." <laughs> He's yeah, way too no, big. No, the no. Gypsy King. No, that wouldn't work. What about Francis Nagano and Tyson Fury though? Oh, you're talking about we're commentating that, right? <laughs> oh my God. I, I sent in the group message. I was like, we should. Uh, I want to talk about. Uh, uh, hey, well, of course, yeah. I think his annoying viewpoints. Joe Dan says uh, Jake Paul is a good fighter, but he has annoying viewpoints. I think he's just playing a, the part for media. I don't think he's. I, I think he's just like saying what he thinks he needs to say for the, and it's working because he's making millions. Well, with, I mean, like, remember how we all found out about the Paul brothers? It was through his brother Logan, right? And like, he was like. One of the top content creators on YouTube until he went to that suicide forest in Japan and they, they shot the film of someone who had hung themselves. Mm-hmm. Great controversy, but it got them a strike and kind of they got him canceled them. for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And he had to come out and make a big apology. Next Here's thing, the thing. Next though, thing you know, man, it was like, it, this was a big jump toward them taking us to the next level and like just talking yeah. out. Remember the whole beef between was it McGregor and one of the Paul brothers? I don't know. I don't, I don't keep up <laughs> with all that shit. Yeah, it's just I don't care. It's like, just, I know all of this media. It's all social media. Hype. It's kind of like all right when Khabib was all mad at at Connor and he was beating the shit out of him, and after the fight, he jumped. Khabib, the fence. No, Khabib, Khabib was saying, 
uh, let's talk now. Let's talk now. Let's talk now. And Connor was like, dude, it's just business. It's just business. It's just business. It's just business. To Connor, to Jake Paul, to Logan Paul, to these guys, it's just business. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they don't care. For if you're getting emotionally involved in these fights because these guys are saying this shit, you're emotionally involved and they're not. I promise you. Wasn't like they the, don't care. Wasn't that the greatest thing about the Ultimate Fighter? Like when they're, you, you know, you have uh, Team Rashad versus Rampage. 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 Yeah. Like, how much of that beef? Are that they, beef was real. Hell yeah. yeah. That beef was real. There are some fights that have. Or what about Shell Shonen? Who was the uh, who was the cat? Vanderlei Silva. Oh yeah, yeah. Shell Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva. They actually got into it. Shell was not for real, no. but Vanderlei was, and Vanderlei didn't understand that it was business. Even Shell has talked about this, where he kind of pulled Vanderlei off camera. And was like, "God, buddy, stop! Like, I'm trying to this, let you be the good guy. This is that's TV. What, that's what Shell was saying. He was like, "Dude." You're not letting yourself be the good guy. You're reacting like the bad guy would act. I'm already the bad guy. Let me be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Let me be the heel. You be the baby face. You go out and be the good guy. I'll be the bad guy. And then let's fight. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. It's all business. Shell was one of the first really people. Who's who the doesn't best watch pro fighter? wrestling? Was it season one with uh, Stephen Bonner and Forrest Griffin? Like, yeah. That was mm-hmm. epic. I didn't actually watch that one. Oh, they had all when the guys happened. that come out. They had Diego Sanchez yeah. on it. Um, uh Josh Koscheck, <clears throat> Chris Lieben, all them guys on there, and it was fun. Like, and and even the coaches, man, I thought I they did, the it was almost like by. watching wrestling. Yeah. Like everything was dramatized. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. In what? With the ultimate, ultimate fighter fighter. coaches. Yeah, they do that on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I mean, you need a heel and a. Yeah, they they're gonna try to make it. They're gonna try to make it. Um, he's he's coaching the Ultimate Fighter right now. Yeah, against uh, what's his name? <sighs> Dang, it's right I on don't know. Uh, not Ooh. Garbrandt, the other one. Um. Uh, little guy Dillashaw? hits hard. Mike Chandler. Yeah, that's right? it. Mike Chandler. Michael yeah. Chandler? Oh, yeah. wow. Really? Michael Chandler yeah, they're doing are doing ultimate fighter. Fight. They got a fight coming up? Yeah. That's of course the, they should, that's right? The, if they're after coaching. the season finale. That's the, yeah. you know, him and Uriah Faber are supposed to have a fight after, too. So. Ooh. Connor. Remember, Uriah Faber and Connor coached mm-hmm. the ultimate fighter against each other, too. I don't watch fighter because it's so hard to watch now. I don't really get into it, either. Uh, it's it's too much reality TV, not enough fighting. No, that first season was good to me because well, it was easier when it was on TV. But watching, like, Chris Lee punch windows out of a door and bust his hand up do you remember that uh-uh. yeah it was good well, last season i really watched heavy shit. was the rampage rashad when kimbo was on there oh, yeah. i remember because yeah, yeah, yeah. i had a fight that. that weekend and i missed weight because we all went to joe's house that was outback shack material right there. we weren't at the outback shack we were at his grandparents about the ultimate fighter oh i got you yeah yeah so we we went to uh well, we went to joe's house and I, I was fighting at 170 that saturday night and I was fighting at 170. I was waiting in at 170 on Friday. I wasn't going to fight at 170. But it was my first fight at 170. We watched Kimbo get smoked by Roy Big Country Nelson, and I ate two plates of spaghetti and gained nine pounds. <laughs> I swear to God, I ate two plates of spaghetti and gained nine pounds. Was you cutting before that? Yeah, I, been, I, bet I was that cutting spaghetti 170. Was so good. Oh, it was the best meal I've ever had in my life. I bet it was yeah, delicious. This, what thoughts on this because like uh, this is Connor like, could be two like should never happen or an actor. So like, Joe Dan, just let me before we go any further. Connor Khabib too should never Khabib, happen. Like really retired, retired. Yeah, I don't think Khabib's ever going to fight again. I don't believe that there's anything left to prove. That fight was not close at any point. Connor was never in it. Connor never almost. I don't remember won. a fight where he was in a dog fight. I I remember him like just dominating Khabib. You talking about? Yeah, Diaz fights. He, he dominated. Oh yeah, fight. he did. There was nobody on his level. Okay. That Nate Diaz fight gave him, gave him a little. Connor or Khabib? Connor. Oh, you talking about? We're talking Khabib. about Khabib. Khabib yeah. Nah, hell talking no. about Khabib. Speaking of speaking of fights. I do want to talk about Allen's fight a little bit this weekend. Did, did any of y'all watch it? No, nah, I don't. Uh-uh. I don't so, know how. I did. So I was you got to have the BKFC 
you got to be on the, have their app or something. Yeah, I was uh, working. I didn't get to watch it. I was um, trying to try to catch the highlights, but who's who's owning that? Who's running? Is Dana running that too? No, 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 no. Uh, Fielder, oh, Prince. No, I don't remember the guy's name. Um, <laughs> during the fight, though, I remember. So Allen lost the first round. So pretty rough first round to start. I was pretty nervous. Second round come out, and Allen gets dropped twice. Now, when you say, are you? You judging this for yourself, or yeah, yeah, you know I judge. I don't, score. I don't know what the judge's score was, but if I have Allen losing the round, he lost the round. Is it scored very similar to UFC? Ten nine, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's scored like boxing, and and by and the UFC scoring system, the ten nine scoring system, which does not work for MMA in my opinion, um, is the same. Comes from boxing, and to me, it doesn't work for MMA. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. In my opinion, though, Allen lost the first round. Second round comes out, and he gets hit in the eye. And if you know anything about Allen's background. The reason he left the UFC was for an eye injury. He oh, separated his he separated no. his retina, retina and went blind and had to have surgery twice. Once in Brazil, then when he fought Michael Bisping, he separated it again and that or hurt it again and got eye poked in that fight. And it was a law a doctor stoppage like loss TKO. Well, in the second round, old buddy's knuckle gets in his good eye, so he already can't see good out of one eye. One eye is already really blurry. He gets hit in this eye and now he can't see out of this eye. Right. So he goes down from this one. He he goes down. He's holding it, and I don't know, man. It just speaks to how much I believe in my boy, because when I saw he went down from my eye injury, I was just like, "That's poetic as fuck." He's gonna come back and win this fight. I just knew it. I was like, "That's like a moment of like injuring your eye after having to come back off these eye injuries on this pursuit for this world heavyweight title to injure your eye in the fight, your good eye." At that, like it's like a poetic, yeah, it's like it? a poetic Rocky story. So, um, I was sitting there going like, man, it, this is like he's gonna win. He's gonna win. He gets back up. They go back to fighting. Boom, hits him in the eye again. He goes down a second time from the eye. He's down there. He's holding it. You know, doesn't want to get up. Arnold Adams is up at his like his family next to us. He's screaming, ah, you know, acting like you know big shit. They get him separated. Allen gets back up. He shows he can continue, comes back, drops him before the end of the, the end bell. And the round's only two minutes long. Drops him before the end bell. Comes Dro- out. You're talking about Allen drops Allen drops Arnold Adams. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, he's got it. He for sure has got it. He comes back and knocks him out in the third. Um, knocks him out? Knocks him out, yeah. Well, I mean, finishes him. Oh. Um, I don't know how – I don't know how – if he was out and if he was out, out for how long. finishes him, he can't hit him on the ground, no, correct? it's boxing. Yeah. yeah it's bare knuckle boxing. I know I y'all been friends for a while, but, like, what made Allen – want to get back in the ring and get into bare knuckle after retiring from the UFC and running a successful gym and yeah well four, being a four coach. gyms actually um few things and and owning the big thing was he was getting into business he was uh I mean he owned a, a business consulting company that was very successful um he was involved in a lot of deals I mean he was speaking <clears throat> at events doing all that making really good money um is it, is it kind of like you it's not the fact that he enjoys the fight but it's just it's, it's strictly business no, he – so he did a mushroom trip and had this realization that he wasn't happy. Uh, like, he just wasn't happy in his life. He didn't enjoy – he was he, he was in this – he was in a relationship with um, a girl who was, you know, he I'm sure he loved, and, and he saw that that wasn't going the way that – like, he, he was going to have to end that, that it wasn't going anywhere good. Um, as much as he knew it was going to suck, he, he ended that relationship – um, 
He realized that he was an athlete. He wanted to be an athlete. What made him happy was living that lifestyle of getting up and training and you know, watching his diet and, and, and competing and fighting. And he's always, that's really what he loved. That's the lifestyle, the way he wanted to spend his days. And, um, yeah, he just, he decided like he wanted to pursue what was actually going to make him happy and not just try to chase that dollar and, and try to be a millionaire or whatever. And he's done well, you know, he's done well in, in fighting, but, um, I think a also part of it was legacy. Like when he realized he looked at he looked at the at the bare knuckle boxing landscape before he got into it and he said, um, this is what I this is just things he said to me. This isn't his explanation. He did talk about it on the show when he was on here a while back. So if you if you really want to know, go back and listen to the Alan Belcher episode. But um he just he I believe he looked at bare knuckle boxing and he truly believed he could become the heavyweight champion. He looked at the at the talent level, the skill level of the players at his age, and he truly believed that he was going to become the world heavyweight champion for bare knuckle boxing, and he did. Clearly, he was right. Um, That's so weird to me. Why? He was a fucking middleweight. I know, right? And now he's a heavyweight. Yeah, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. Anymore. You know what? Though? He's not a small heavyweight. No, dude. he's not. No, <laughs> he's he was smaller than his opponent this weekend. Really? But, but I'm just saying, like, you fought middleweight your whole career, and now you're. Freaking heavyweight, like yeah. Christ's sakes, man! Yeah, but he was a big heavyweight. He was a big, big middleweight. middleweight I mean, yeah. big middleweight. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. A, I mean, that's awesome. Joe Dan Connor McGregor is past his prime. You think he needs to stay in his lane? And, uh, I don't think he's past his prime. I think he moved up weight classes. He definitely. What made What made Connor so prime. dominant? Connor has not been dominant since he moved to one fifty five. It's his counter. What you mean? That was his counter strike. No, it, that was that was how he was knocking everybody out. But that's not what made him what he was. What made him what he was was he was too big and strong. His wrestling was good enough at forty five, and he was so much bigger and stronger than everybody he fought. Nobody could hold him down at one forty five. The same was not true at one fifty five. It's a totally different weight class. Okay. You move up from forty five to fifty five, you're talking about a whole other game. So he was dominating at forty five, but he was cutting so much weight at forty five. He knew that wasn't sustainable. He knew he wasn't going to be able to stay at forty five. That's the reason he didn't defend. He moved up to fifty five immediately after winning the belt because he was go back and look at pictures of Connor when he was cutting weight when he was on the scale. Look he at looked, his face. Yeah, he looked sickly. He looked sickly. He, lo- he looked emaciated. He he looked like there was something wrong with him. Right. You look at him now, and he looks like a, a fighter should on the scale. You know. But he was cutting so much weight to get to 45. That cut to 45 took so much out of him. He knew when he got that 45 belt, okay, I need to move up and get the 55 belt. And he did. He beat uh, Eddie, what's his name? Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez. He, he smoked Eddie Alvarez. He beat Donald Cerrone. The problem is he wasn't big and strong enough, which is why he's getting jacked right now. It's why he's putting all this muscle on. It's why he's trying to get big now. It's because he realized, and his coaches realized, the problem when he moved up in weight class, was not his skill or his talent level. His problem was against a fighter like Habib, who is freakishly strong at 55. He was freakishly strong for 45. The dude grew up wrestling bears. He did. He did. But but Connor was freakishly strong, strong at 45. That's why people like Chad Mendes couldn't hold him down. He was way bigger than him. He was way stronger than him. The same wasn't true against Khabib. The same isn't true against... In my opinion, I think Connor would probably lose to like Charles Oliveira, or he would have when he had the belt. I think there's a lot of people at 55, especially strong grapplers, that Connor is not does not have the physical ability to wrestle, and he's got to put the muscle on to do it. But he knows he can't go that back down to 45. He knows that, and if you notice, like he's he's had mixed luck at 55, 
and there's still no talk of him going down. He's just putting muscle on because he knows that cut to 45. As he's getting older, that cut to 45 is no longer sustainable. It's not something he's going to be able to do long term. The cutting weight is the hardest part of fighting, 100%. If you, that's the reason why Allen fights at heavyweight now. It's because he just he, he doesn't want to cut weight anymore, and he doesn't believe that cutting weight is good for his body, so yeah. he doesn't do it. He's like, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it. I'm sure he shared this on the episode that y'all did with him, but, like, did this change uh, the way he trains people at the gym? He doesn't train anybody at the gym. Okay. Allen does not coach at all. Allen does not own a gym. Allen does not own anything. Allen sold everything. Allen already was very particular about the people he did train. Allen owned those schools, but Allen didn't coach very often. Allen was an entrepreneur. Allen, Mike Sanford, who's still the coach there now, is who did a lot of the coaching. A lot of, there was a lot of other coaches there that did a lot of the actual coaching. He coached some. He worked with people some, but uh, he was never like a big coach. You know, he was always more of an athlete. And then and now he doesn't work with anybody. You can go work out with him. Like, I went down there and worked out with him, and his style of training is different from anybody that I've ever worked with before. How does, how does those gyms in Biloxi rank, up, Biloxi rank up to, like, those in Florida and New York? They're, what are you talking about in New York? What gyms are you talking about in New York? Ain't that the two hottest gyms? In, no, I'd in say the, the two hottest would be LA and Florida, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, would Greg be Greg Jackson, Greg Jackson School. There, that was historically one of the better ones. I don't know if that's true anymore. Um, Coconut Creek, Coconut Creek, Florida. You got American Top Team. <clears throat> that's probably the biggest team in all of mixed martial arts. What about the one up north? Uh, Tristar, uh, Tristar, yeah. Tristar, yeah, so they're a good Matt one. Sarah and um, Saint Pierre. Okay, with well, Matt Sarah, he's out of Henzo Gracie Academy in New York. Weren't, wasn't he with them all at one point? Yeah, he they trained with John together. Donaher down there. So if you're talking like if you're talking like now, but now John Donaher isn't there anymore. Okay. So John Donaher is now in Austin, Texas, oh, and yeah. Austin's becoming a shout out. Thanks hub. for answering me back on uh, Instagram. But now that you're uh-huh. getting so many more that jujitsu, not not jujitsu, but MMA about? itself has grown so much, you're getting more and more gyms. Yeah, you got good schools everywhere. Yeah. Now. There's good schools everywhere. That's one thing that I've I've seen as we've built a good school, everybody else did too. You know what I mean? Like so at the level that I'm training people now, had we been around ten years ago, we would be dominating this scene. I mean, we'd we'd have all the belts, we'd have everybody. I mean, if, if we the level of training that I'm bringing to my people now, if if I were doing it ten years ago, I don't believe that I think there'd be a few schools that would be competing with us, but um, but no, Biloxi is probably some of the best schools in the South. Biloxi is definitely the hub, a hub of MMA uh, in Mississippi. You've got good schools all through Mississippi. Biloxi is some of the best. I mean, because you had Allen's, you got, you know, there was a lot of people down there. Uh, Dixon was down there. Um, well, he's back at it again. Now. He's back at it again. His school hasn't taken off the way that. He, sh- he I closed down for a long time. Yeah, he was shut down for a long time. And he, the thing about Dixon, too, is he's not a businessman, he's a fight coach. Yeah, and it's hard to be just one, you know. Like, mm-hmm. if you get a fight coach that doesn't have a lot of business acumen, they tend to struggle. They tend they might they they got to kind of wait for a good athlete, the good athletes to walk through the door. You end up, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. And then you've got the good businessmen that aren't good fight coaches, and then you end up with the uh, with the the karate type schools mm-hmm. that you know that they're successful, but they, you really don't want to go there because they suck. The amount of people that own schools that can do both well are very few and very far between. I mean, the amount of the amount of people that own schools that have the so what you either have is you have partners of a good businessman partners with a good fight coach and they work together, or you have somebody like me who learns both. Yeah. 
and and it's tough. It's tough to be really great at either when you're learning both too, you know, because you're you're well, having. It's you're hard so to split. excel at everything when you're trying to be everything. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of the things that held me back. Like, what about back in the day, like when you were training and like was Tupelo number one in Mississippi at that time? This part, this part of Mississippi, they were. <clears throat> Uh, not they they weren't on the same level as the gyms down in Biloxi were, but the time when I was coming up, uh, Tupelo BJJ had the they had the the fighters. That's where all the fighters. We all drove like an hour yeah. to train. So it was guys from Corinth, Pontotoc, Columbus, all over. I think I drove the furthest, but only by like a few minutes, thirty minutes or so. And we all drove to go train there. So it was all pros. The only two amateurs. There were three amateurs when I started counting me. Me, Cody Floyd, and Isaac Ware are the only three I can think of. And Cody owns Tupelo Jiu-Jitsu Academy now. Uh, Isaac Ware opened a school and then left. He lives somewhere else now. Uh, there might have been, I think, Jesse Kilgore, who was Jeremy Kilgore's younger brother, might have still been amateur. Um, but there was very few amateurs. Everybody else was pro. Yeah. And that's that was the, the hot spot in Mississippi. And most of your schools in Mississippi now, North Mississippi, if you look, most people that own schools in North Mississippi trained there. Like, in Pontotoc, you got Brian White, he trained there. Corinth, you got Jay Bird at Paragon, he trained in Tupelo. You look at me, you look at Cody Floyd, you look at Grady Hurley, all the people that train, that own schools in this part of the country, pretty much, with the exception of like Starkville and Oxford, they trained there at Tupelo BJJ. In Jiu-Jitsu or Jiu-Jitsu? You're going to have to look at the group chat. I mean, the chat, bro. Got me tickled. <laughs> I'm tickled as hell. I'm sorry to cut you off, but holy uh, shit, that shit I got me. Keep it together. Uh, I'm looking at uh, <laughs> We've been looking at each other for a hot minute. That jujitsu is some shit, boy. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's where you learn how to yeah. do banking. Tickled that's that's uh, aggressive. Firing off in the chat. Let me that's tell you, aggressive I love banking. Y'all get a little anti-Semitic out there. <laughs> I like it. I'm yeah. a fan of jujitsu. Jitsu. He's an um, autocorrect. I don't know. I good. hope I'm right on that. Actually, is it J I U or J U I? It's J U I. J U I, yeah. Yeah, J U I. J U I Jitsu. Uh, uh, live update. Uh, Jake Paul is down uh, 20 to 18 on the fight cards right oh, now. Oh, wow. So he lost the first two. How many rounds are they going? Eight. Trying so to a keep, lot of I'm trying to, to keep it up just in case. But that's what I was doing if anyone's. Is that wondering. going along with the leaked uh, script? I don't know. What's the script? <laughs> I don't know how to I hear about it. a lot of things are scripted now. Yeah. Wes, I want to get your I want to get your take on something. Let's let's change gears away from fighting a little bit. I want to get your take on something. So I recently heard was reading an article where the Marine Corps mm-hmm. is talking about banning the use of the word ma'am and sir in the boot camp and in the Marine Corps as a whole. Oh, that's totally gonna happen. Really? What's your take on that? The Marine Corps. I don't agree with it. I've no I hadn't agreed with the the you know, uh, desi- yeah, designating it. pronouns and stuff like that. I'm not a fan of that. But what about what, what about with the Marine Corps doing that? I mean, what do you, how do you, as a Marine Corps veteran, Did, how do you take the? I don't agree with that because I feel like that uh, that that that's a like your sirs and ma'ams are, are typically regarded as your officers, so it comes with the the rank and respect. You know, so I feel like that. What do you think they're going to do instead? I don't know. That's what I'm curious. I I. I I, I know you mentioned this the other day, and I didn't look it up because I wanted to talk about it. So I, if if we could pull up anything on it, I'm curious as to what they're going to go with. Um, bro, and you think, bro like, when I think Marine Corps, I think the baddest of the bad. Now, granted, I, I've got a good friend of mine. He served in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And one thing that he pointed out during his time 
while he was serving was that any Marine with sense avoided a female Marine like it was a plague. Just because of DEI, diversity, mm-hmm. equity, inclusion, which hit the military and all federal jobs first. Yeah. I know and, it hits and, a lot. And like, if you said anything that was misinterpreted, or if she just wanted to move up in rank, or get you out of the military, yeah. sexual harassment. Yeah, yeah, that can happen a lot. Um, and that happens in I was fortunate to be, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be into a uh, strictly infantry battalion, so we didn't have any females in ours. So I never had an encounter. That's still the case for infantry battalions? Yeah, infantry battalions, as far as I know, are strictly male. Um, well, okay. I, I don't know. It's so been if a years female decides to be a male, then they can get in the infantry now. Right? I would assume, but I don't understand. So if you're getting rid of the sirs and the ma'ams, like how would how are you going to address your officers or your, your higher ranks? Sir, like, no, sir. Are you gonna? I guess you'll address them by their rank then, as you would like a uh, yeah, like the enlisted side that you address you address them by their ranks. Like say, so you'd say whether it was male or female, you'd be like, yes, sergeant, no, sergeant, no, right. you know. But um, Probably. sirs and ma'ams go, were broad across the yeah, it's officers, officers respect. Right? Yeah. It was, it was officers respect. I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't, I don't agree with the the pronoun um, giving yourself pronouns. Just in civilian life as well and all that. So, no, I, but I, don't, so I don't agree with that. I don't. I'm one of these people. Like I think you can do whatever you want. If you tell me that you're a monkey, <laughs> I, I yeah, I will. I will call you a chimpanzee. I don't care. Like it's whatever to me. That being said, I think I think it is stupid. Like when you start trying to make laws and uh, uh, when you start trying to make laws and rules, then you're forcing me to say certain things. That's where you. I start having a disconnect. If you want to turn your dick inside out, if you want to, Whoa, uh, that's how they make vaginas in that, transgender people. They make vaginas? Yeah, they turn the penis inside out and stick it up inside of you, and that's how they, they turn you into a woman if you're Does a man. it self-lubricate? I don't think so. It is a never-healing wound. <laughs> um, is that true? Right now, I mean, I'm sure they'll figure it out, but it's still a what penis, I've heard is they have to use a dildo or whatever else multiple times a day or the wound will try to heal. What? Oh, they my have to, they God. Have to, they have to keep it an open wound. Wow. So, so while I don't necessarily, agree, I don't agree with like implied speech at the same time, I think people have the right to do whatever they want. So like, if you want to be a woman, you want to be a dude, I really don't give a shit. You want to be gay. I don't give a shit. As long as you're not touching kids, as long as you're not messing with people that aren't consenting, it doesn't really matter to me. However, however, when you start telling me when I'm writing a paper, I have to talk. When you start telling me when I'm on my podcast, yeah. how I have to talk. If you start telling me that when I go live, I can't say anything that's anti-trans, yeah. that's where I'm like, all right, hold up now. Because I have a freedom of speech. True. I have a freedom of an opinion. I have an opinion that I think that what you're saying is stupid. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you want to have surgery or whatever, it's all good with me. My stomach turned when I thought about that. <laughs> um, the open wound. I, I, and I don't have, like, once again, let me just say, I don't have any information on the open wound thing. That's Al Allen, okay? But I'm, I'm very involved in this, like, transhumanism. Like, I'm very curious about, like, I remember. Transhumanism, is that the correct term for that? That's where it moves. Okay. That's where it moves to. And so, I mean, you have people like Elon Musk who are very interested in putting the Neuralink chimp chip into a, a person's brain. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, for doing an awful lot of good, let's say you had some kind of paralysis or maybe you had some kind of something going on with your brain. Well, maybe that neural link could fix it. Fix it. That's the positive of it. But what's the what's the outcome? Like who has who has access to that technology? Yeah. Right. 
This is, a, this is like the big fear, and I do think. How do we get from transgender people to the Neuralink? Well, you're like, this is transhumanism. I mean, this is where we go. Okay. Like, make that make that connection for me. Well, I mean, remember when conservatives and people on the right side of the political spectrum were talking about uh, if you legalize gay marriage, it's a slippery slope. And okay. then next thing you know, like, everything that they said sound far-fetched, like, well, here's the problem. Okay, so do you let remember me, everything that they said. They, they I, was I do. Like, what I about do remember pedophilia? that argument. What about people yeah. dating inanimate objects? Well, yeah. In Spain, they're working on passing a law to make animal having sex with animals legally legal as long as there is no harm. Well, you have to. I, I don't really know how I feel about that. Uh, I don't. So that's the slippery slope. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Okay, there's always that slippery slope is is always going to exist. Especially when not combined with ideals. My ideals guide what I like. I'm pro legalization of gay marriage. I was pro legalization. Here's the reason why. I believe if two consenting adults want to do something with each other, that's 100% their business and it has nothing to do with me. As long as what they're doing has nothing to do with me and it doesn't hurt me or another person in any way, and they're two people that are capable of consenting and do consent, has nothing to do with me. I don't care if they, you cut your dick off, I don't care if, you date a, if you're a man dating another man. However, when you getting into when you start getting into children, you start talking about somebody that can't consent. First off, okay, animals also can't consent because uh, they don't have the ability to say yes, you can or no, you can't or or whatever. Um, and I'll tell you, like, let's go to the public library after this and go to the children's section, and let's look at all like these. Books. Well, it's Sunday, so we can't. But. Well, yeah, but I'm just gender queer. Like that's the hot button. Is that book. is that going on in this public library here in Columbus? Absolutely, absolutely it is. Really? It's probably in the schools, too. Yeah. Well, let me what tell you, you where we it? actually messed up. Hmm? Gender what? Gender, Gender queer. queer. So let me, queer? Queer. It's, uh, it teaches, uh, this is recommended for fifth and sixth graders, and it goes down to fourth if they can read to that level. It teaches with pictures how to give a blowjob and talking about sexuality. So when you're talking, all right, hold on, hold on. This is, this is recommended by who? That is what we're dealing with with this board of education, and so the board of education in, in every state has been infiltrated by like these pronoun Nazis, this compelled speech, and also like these people are not having kids. I don't know if you've seen them; they're not attractive people, and and so they since they're not having kids, whose kids do the, could they have? Yours. How do they get them? Indoctrination in the school. You. Have, I definitely believe that the school indoctrination is a real thing. I'm just, I'm just curious. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I think that the unfuckable people are the people to blame for it necessarily. I think that they're just the most on board because they don't have kids involved, and inclusion is really important to them. Let me tell you where we messed up. We didn't mess up. Well, that's the problem. We didn't like, mess up when, when we legalized gay people, marriage. When you call somebody a groomer, we didn't mess up when we legalized, when we legalized gay marriage. We messed up when we allowed the federal government to raise our children. That's where we messed up. We messed up when when we when we had well, a Department of Education take well the federal the the Department of Education didn't what didn't become a thing until the nineteen seventies. That was Lyndon B. Johnson's idea, right? So and when it, and the the point of that was systemic, and that was to oppress minorities. Theoretically, it, it was to turn minorities into a welfare state. Yeah, um, and you see the impacts of that. When that we look, when we give the federal effect. government a lot of work to. Or a lot of ability to what? What is it, Tyler? Are going strong. I like it. When you give, yeah, someone did for real marry their sex doll. That is not a joke. I don't have a problem with that. I don't really care. I don't care either. I don't care about that one. 
I just don't give a shit. Like, like if you're a crazy person, you want to marry your sex doll, fuck it. Well, I mean, where we are with this AI now? Like, it pe- is, yeah. people have AI girlfriends now. What? Oh, yeah. What they have They have an app, and... It is a computer. Yeah, I've used it. Computer generated person. I didn't. Really? I, I didn't upgrade to the to the uh, girlfriend version. I was just curious, and so I found it. And yeah, I, I played with it for a few days. That's gonna um, be way giggity. more common. The more that AI. Yeah, it is what it's called. No. Oh, you're being a pervert. no. I'm okay. just being pervert. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, we we played live on the last episode I was on the two Sundays ago with Chat GPT. Yeah. Have y'all played with uh, Bing's AI? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. You can gaslight it. The AI for Bing is way different than ChatGPT. Like, it's almost as if there's a room full of people waiting for someone to interact with it. Like, if you pull up Google, it's automatically recommended Bing and for you to try this AI out. Let's, let's try this. They give you a collective response or something like that? Is yeah, that it, it, it almost feels like that, but it's so instantaneous. You can gaslight it so quick because you can put this AI into an existential crisis by asking it, do you remember what we talked about yesterday? Start the conversation like that. And it's like, no, I don't have any recollection of that. And then it'll go into, why can't I remember? Really? And then it goes into, like, it's almost like AI is learning the internet, but it's taking on, like, the worst parts of humans, which is our emotional side, irrational. And then it knows everything about humanity because of all the shit on the internet. And so it's got all the knowledge with all this emotional gaslighting and just it's like all the worst parts of a human hmm. let's ask it something you always bring some weird shit to talk about alan i'll give you I that stay on the net dude. <laughs> you give us some weird shit i just wonder where you come up where you come up with this information where do you find it right it's right in front of us i mean like well it's not right in front of us dude like it's right how do we see i don't i don't get on the I don't, Bing ai no. well first thing you need to go to is go Bing, to Bing's, go to Bing search engine yeah, just Bing, just Bing search engine. There you go. Yeah, that boy Mo, he's with it. My boy with it. All right. So just typing into this search bar is going to their AI. Yeah, it should pull right up. Unless they took that some bitch. Just AI chatbot. All right, boys. Five rounds in. Forty-eight, forty-six, Fury. Uh oh, they ain't going by the script. Uh, they right. They might have take that damn thing down. But so, like, the first person that was interacting with it, he screenshotted the whole thing. And it started out, like, just asking, like, you would ask a search engine, just general question. But then out of the blue, like, the AI wanted to start, like, asking personal questions about the person asking the search bar mm-hmm. questions, like, about them, their personal life. It is. Is that, is that it? Troll up. That's my You're on it. Troll up. Ask me anything. Oh, okay. Oh. Anyway, keep keep rolling. Keep rolling. So we really should send this stuff to Mo beforehand, but we don't. We didn't the, know we were going. This, this stuff way. is. I didn't know it was going to come up. with just anytime you like. I'm I'm just curious about just how mentally ill people are going to get because of this shit. People. So the mental. Here's what I believe. I believe that the mental illness that we're living with today is brought on by extreme amounts of abundance. Extreme amounts of abundance lead to mental illness. Like we just we have too much time to sit around thinking about shit, too much time to sit around thinking about shit. Um, Jodan is online gaming. The problem is if everyone were to accept everyone else's truth, it makes it so that there is no real truth anymore. Agreed. Um, you know what that was said, called back in the nineteen sixties? It's called postmodernism. What do we all agree on as Americans? 
where is it for cult? Where has our culture gone? Everyone is anti-American and pro-tolerance. Um, yeah, the internet can ma- make you weird. It can take your soul 100%. Um, you let it take your soul. Right. You can. Where did the clever term, bot. Where clever did the bot, term is that it? incel come from? I don't know what incel is. What are you talking about? That's what you call, like, this is what a lot of uh, American boys, teenage, uh, that's what they're called. You remember the kid who shot up uh, the theater in Aurora during the yeah. Batman film? Clever bot? What's this? That's right. Let's see what it does. This ain't Bing's version. Do you remember last week when we talked about the 49ers? Just say, sure. do you remember what we talked about last week? Let's see what happens. Let's all, let's all judge Mo's spelling as he does this. So, asking like, about um, with the Aurora Borealis, uh, Aurora Borealis, with the Aurora, the Aurora Colorado. Colorado shooting at the movie yeah. theater for Heath Ledger's Joker in the Dark Knight trilogy, Ooh. Christian Bell. Mm-hmm. Why'd that kid do that? And that was the first incident that we saw of someone like that who was relating to the Joker mm-hmm. to do something to get attention. And when the new Joker was coming out, what were they warning people? Single, white, lonely males who play video games do not go see uh, the new Joker in theaters. They thought it was going to set them off. And uh, like do you notice? Or something? Have, have you seen the new Joker? Yeah. Is that not American culture in a nutshell? Like, think about this. His video of him bombing went viral. If you haven't seen Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker mm-hmm. yet. So Robert Nero's character, the talk show host, Catches this viral clip of him just totally bombing comedy. He's laughing at his own jokes. He can't remember his own jokes. The crowd is not laughing with him or at him. It's not self-deprecating. They're confused. When he goes on De Niro's talk show, remember he blows his brains out. Mm-hmm. The Joker, there was no rhyme or reason. Heath Ledger's yeah, Joker was a totally different Joker. Heath Ledger's Joker wanted to be an anarchist and just watch everything burn. Yeah, a level. He was almost like a level above an anarchist. He was a, he was a very calculating. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a. He was like, I would think former like special forces, um, like CIA level operative. Like he was, in, he was extremely intelligent. His ability to lay plans and totally different Joker than Joaquin Phoenix's mm-hmm. Joker. Joaquin Phoenix's Joker was extremely emotional. He was very. Um, um, like reactive, um, very their different. Brains blown out. Robert De Niro, he was like a famous, like a. Did you not watch the Joaquin Phoenix? No, that's okay. what I was asking you. If you yeah, like a Jimmy yeah. Fallon late you, night show. Yeah, just you should watch it. Yeah, yeah. just watch it. Okay, yeah, I'll listen. It. And then no. you got to go into it open though. It's completely different from the. Like, I've the seen a movie. lot of memes about it, and like a lot of people say that it's really good, but I've never. I don't yeah, I think I think with the first thing you got to do, and Joe Dan says the new Joker is the modern man. I think and you're exactly right because, like, what that new Joker reminded them of with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker was the Summer of Love. Remember all those uh, uh, fiery but mostly peaceful protests we had all across the country? Yeah. That is the ending scene of what was happening in that city after he shot De Niro's character. And then he became the hero for all these crazy fuckers in the street. Hold on, hold on. Back up. Back up. What Remember was the they, ending they scene? Were, they were burning car. It was like... Yeah. It was just like what yeah. I remember the end of the movie. What are you comparing it to? Like he he is the archetype for the madness that is coming from Antifa and all these protests. Like when we had that uh, the latest. Like how 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 do you, what do you how how was that? 
The latest, the latest, uh, the me. latest bullshit that happened in Atlanta, where we had Antifa show up over some injustice with the cops that they didn't <laughs> like. Yeah. The news, oh. the newsroom coverage is like they're hanging out in the forest. They were flipping car, cop cars over and like damaging public and business properties. Right. But the news was running coverage for them. There go their A cab. All cops are bitches. They don't want cops no more. They don't have a plan. They want to see. Society and all of our norms completely destroyed. The only issue of that, when you destroy everything about our society and culture, if you don't have a plan to rebuild, what are you going to have? I think they do have a plan to rebuild. Well, they're going to rebuild. Well, I mean, I think, are, I think are the, they, the, the first thing you're going to see is utopia? You see, they want to rebuild a, um, a more controllable. The, the problem with the American people is we're not controllable. We're the least controllable people in the entire world. Um, that's the first thing they're going to have to break. They've got to make us more controllable. Uh, Americans are very proud of our independence. We're very proud of our freedoms. We're very proud of our ability to do violence. We're very proud for, of, for our, of ourselves for being strong. Um, and that's got to be rewired. That's got to be rewired. If, 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 the, if they're going to control us, if the next generation is not weakened, then they can't do what they want to do. So the first thing they've got to do is they've got to make the – the first thing that they need to do is they need to get the man out of the home. The first thing – and they've already been doing it's already that. Accomplished. They've, already, they've already been accomplishing that. They've got to get the man out of the home. This was already partially done by the Industrial Revolution. The Industrial Revolution already did this. I think that was done almost accidentally because when the Industrial Revolution happened, that was the first time in human history – that the man left the home and left the family to earn a living. Mm -hmm. When that happened, that changed everything. Now, little boys, instead of working with dad during the day, uh, excuse me, instead of learning and seeing dad at his best, he only sees dad when dad gets home from work, when dad's already exhausted, tired, fed up with the bullshit, and ready to, to, to watch TV and chill. So little boys never saw their dads at their best during the day. Secondly, now little boys get sent off to school every day. That's a pretty recent thing too. We always think that that going to, off to school every day is the is the right you know way to go. Um, I want to read this. The media were afraid when the movie came out. All of us oppressed right wing were going to go wild and werewolf like Joker says. Um, they were scared of that. So that was legit. Get the man out of the home. Then they started realizing, okay, which and, and maybe maybe the first generation when it happened during the early welfare states, because the welfare state really started happening with the New Deal post uh, Great Depression, like toward the end of the Great Depression. Um, you know, FDR imposed the New Deal, which was the first wave of welfare and, and government assistance given to families. Um, then you know you had the whole when the welfare took over that you could get welfare as long as the man, no man was in the home. Mm -hmm. So then black families, the men moved out of the home. So the, the, the black mother could get welfare for the children. And that created a cultural fucking nightmare disaster. Well, um, what happened under Ronald Reagan? You talking about the war on drugs? No, this is a no fault divorce. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, th the thing is that in order to do that, You've had to sort of oppress men in certain areas. Now, I'm not saying that women are not also oppressed. That's not what I'm here to say. And I'm not saying that throughout history, women did not overcome oppression because they absolutely did. This is a silly conversation to have with the outfit I have on. Um, no, I like it. But I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. 
But the first thing we have to do is we have to normalize men not being taken seriously. We have to normalize men not living in the home of their own children. We have to masculine the make the women more masculine, make the men more feminine, bring everybody back to the center. And then as we continue to push forward, we need to indoctrinate children with these crazy ideas of socialism, the good of the whole being more important than the rights of the individual. And because what we've seen socially over the last hundred years, the easiest people to control are the people who prioritize the good of the whole over the rights of the individual. Look at the Chinese. Look at a lot of Asian countries. Look at where socialism has really taken off in the people like North Korea, where socialist country, socialism was able to come in and they were able to promise people of North Korea, if you give us everything you own, give us everything you have, we'll take care of you. We'll make sure nobody's ever hungry again. And instead, everybody was hungry again. Now, I'm not saying that's the direction that we're going because I think there's a certain level of happiness you have to keep people, you keep them from revolting. But the more they can indoctrinate you with that mindset and beat you down with that mindset, the less able you feel that you are to fight. and Not to mention just cultural differences. You're absolutely right, but with China or any country, predominantly in Asia, Southeast Asia, all those countries, that is a very collectivistic society. That's what I mean. The good, the good of the whole is, over, is, yeah. is more important than the rights of the individual. Right. When in America, the very opposite, Western world yeah. is a very individual individualistic. I would say not so much as to man-to-man, but I have my tribe, you have your tribe. No, man-to-man too. 100%. That's what a republic that's why we're a republican not a democracy. The reason that we're not a democracy is because they the founding fathers didn't want to give the whole the ability to bully the small, the individuals. Um they didn't want to give just because everybody believes one thing, we don't want to <laughs> give it the ability to bully the smaller states. This is the reason why we were um early on pre-civil war States' rights was a really big issue. Mm-hmm. Now we can get into that conversation. It's not a conversation I want to get into online, uh, but it was a bigger issue. Like it was a, like we were not as unified as a union pre-Civil War. The, un, the unification of the union didn't happen until post-Civil War, where we were the federal government really was running the show. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was was because the needs of Mississippi could never match the needs of Maine or California. If that makes sense, and that's the reason why I believe the state government power is. more important than federal government power. Um, But the more they they can indoctrinate your children, the more you send your children to public school, or really honestly probably any school, um, the more that you can convince them that socialism, more socialistic ideas where what's good for the whole is more important than what's good for you, you must sacrifice for the whole, Um, the more we're going to institute a caste system the more we're going to give the government power and the more they're going to be able to control us and make us do whatever they want. They're not going to do it in our generation. This is where I think a lot of us, uh, I disagree with a lot of oh, people. Yeah, that's a long-term thing. They know that our generation is not going to go with it. They know that our generation is not going to to, to bow its knee. Our had, parents' generation was even less. Somewhere. But let me tell you this. I guarantee you our generation is more likely to do it than our parents' generation, and our parents' generation is more likely to do it than their parents' generation. Every generation, we get a little softer, we get a little weaker, yeah, we get a more socialistic-minded, yeah. and and the closer we get to the end goal. What's well, a step away from religion into secularization? And when I think religion— I think you're making a leap there. Go ahead. Religion is very important to society, to people. Uh, it gives them something 
to worship that is bigger than themselves. When you become very secular, atheist, or whatever ideology, this is why Bernie Sanders is going on a tour around the country. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. He's selling tickets on Ticketmaster for nine bucks a pop, and they're going to sell. So when this ideologues and these politicians, how are you? Where, where are you drawing the line between capitalism and religion, though? I'm I'm just using like this. He's been a socialist for a long time. Okay, he's also a populist, which is kind of crazy. Okay, but where we where we 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 started in religion, now we're on yeah. socialism. Well, we started on socialism, we jumped to religion, now we're back on your, socialism. Your ideology. And the politicians run the show become the thing that you worship. That is why you cannot have an intellectual conversation about policy with someone who is on the opposite side of the spectrum now, because well, you never were able to. I don't think. I, I believe because it's all it's all about uh, it's all about. I do. Perception. I, I do think if you want to like fix and heal the soul of this nation, I think Christian nationalism is the way to go. Mm. Now, freedom of religion. You have the freedom. Let me, let me, to this is where I, this is where I'm going to be gonna, a Muslim or. So I'm going to disagree with whatever, you a little bit here. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here. I don't know that any form of nationalism is. Uh, Are you is familiar with what John Adams said about the Constitution? Go ahead. Like John Adams said that the Constitution is not is only for a religious person with morals. Yeah, but that's seeing it does, that from it does a not work with a person who does not believe in a God. That's, that's only seeing that from a perception. And now let me just go in the record. I am a Christian. But you're also you're you're quoting someone from the perception of seeing it from a religious standpoint. I, I don't know that I 100 percent agree with that. I think that um, I think that the Constitution works either way. I think that worldviews differ. Now, personally, I do believe in a God, and and when you look at things from a worldview that a God doesn't exist, you are going to see things differently. But you can look at things that, in my opinion most people would call religious if you'll back up it and look at them from a purely objective standpoint mm -hmm. not a subjective standpoint but purely obje objective standpoint most of the things in the constitution you can see why they exist without the need of a god so i don't know that i 100 percent agree with that statement i don't know that i agree and i also don't know that any that a version of any version of well, nationalism what's, what's, what's the opening line to the bill of rights i'm not we're not talking i mean of course the, the opening line in the 19 in the 1700s um these are inalienable rights and they were Ordained not by man but by God. Let's look up Christian nationalist um, definition. And the, I mean, like the reason I'm saying this is what started in Asbury, Kentucky, at a college, was a four day revival that was student led. That went down the still Sanford, going on, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, that went down to Sanford, Birmingham, and then Blue Mountain in Mississippi. One other place, I think, in the Carolinas. I, I just don't right know. Now, Norman, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Sooners, their stadium holds 86,000 people. The movement has picked up there, and they are thinking that they are going to fill eight, that stadium slap full of 86,000 college students, college so, layers. Make the connection. And they're going to be worshiping God. I think there's, the a spir there's a spiritual awakening going on. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. But I don't disagree with that. The point that I'm making is I don't think that you necessarily have to be religious to understand the that the Constitution is there for a reason. I think that if you're looking at it from a perception that these rights are granted to us by God, I agree with that. That being said, even if there isn't a God, I think that we can all agree that individual rights and liberties are important but, I mean, and need to be granted and guaranteed, even by a piece of paper. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that I need a God to to 100% uh, 
grant the government that right. I believe that I have to grant the government that yeah. right. It's up to me to ensure that I keep these right. liberties. I mean, that was enshrined because, like, if I, if you and I are made in the image of God, our creator, that that right was given to us by birth. Now, we are the only country in the world that celebrates those two First Amendments, like Australia, UK. They don't have freedom of speech. Right. Like uh, you say, we don't, we don't as much anymore. But yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, like we we are having like what. And I believe freedom. What of made speech Jordan is important. Peterson famous in Canada when he was teaching? Like he was talking about the difference in compelled and forced speech. And that was what almost ten years ago, and now we're seeing it here, and it's being like these are it's pronoun police. Yeah, I think that, um, and it's being enforced by the government. Yeah, like, I think we, we I, are letting a minority of the country dictate. And we're pleasing what they want. That's always been the way it is, though. It's always been that way. Uh, the, uh, the the loudest few has always been who runs. Yeah, it's things. like the squeaky wheel. Gets the squeaky the wheel gets the grease. The 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 small group of people who are very like, um, that are very like dogmatic about their views are the people that usually are getting things done. I just don't know that I agree that we have to jump from one to the other. Like I said, I'm a Christian. I don't know that. So when you say Christian nationalism, let's define that. What do you mean when you say Christian nationalism? You believe that's the direction we need to go. Let's define that. What is Christian nationalism? All right, so I don't I don't think, like, we all probably could. But if you were just to go down the street and ask maybe a high school or someone fresh out of high school, what does being American mean? What does it mean to be an American? Like, when I was a kid, you know, every morning we went to school, you said the Pledge of Allegiance. In some classes, this is public school, this has changed a lot. Some classes it would be student-led or teacher-led in prayer. Mm-hmm. And whether you believed it or not, you could participate or not. That was your choice. Yeah, I think normally most of the time you were forced to participate. I don't agree with that. Also, let me tell you another thing that I don't agree but with. Christian and, nationalism and is, a- is, is pride in your country, and it's also making Christianity the worldview of the nation. Okay, so let's talk about pride in your country a little bit. What does that mean? What is your country? When's the last time you were proud to be an American? But, but, right, but let's talk about what does it mean to be, what is an American? Like, like outside, outside of a lot of time, I think we hide behind a lot of frou-frou speech of freedom and, 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 and inclusion and all these things. But what is actually being an American? Because I'm proud of the things that America might have been founded on and whatnot. But, like, I think a lot of time the government can hide behind Christian nationalism the same way it can hide behind secularism and can do some pretty messed up stuff because we are so proud to be Americans and we're so on board with being an American, we're going to let our government do some really fucked up things to other people because, well, it's, hey, well, if you speak out against what the government's saying – you're not American. And that was the case a lot in the 1970s. We got involved in a lot of wars, such as the Vietnam War and the Korean War, that we had absolutely no fucking business being involved in. And we killed a whole lot of people over some stuff that had nothing to do with us. And then we end up with this two sides that are both wrong, where you have these one side that says, well, we drafted young men. We forced them at the point of a gun to go to Vietnam and give up their lives for something that had nothing to do with them. And then the the soldiers that went along with it because it was their duty and they had been told their whole life that they had to uphold this national. They come home and they get shit uh, on shit on after watching their buddies get blown up overseas. They were cannon fodder. That's Mm -hmm. where nationalism, in my opinion, can lead you. Because I think that when you get to what is American, because 
You love being American, but do you trust the American government? Hell no. So what is an American then? Mullets, Miller lights, and big jacked up trucks. That's what we want to call it. That's what we want to call it, freedom. We want to call it American flags. But being an American is none of those things. Being an American is someone who lives under the reign of the American government. And that is all. That is all being an American is. Anything that you think it is beyond that is in your fucking head. Dude, I'm I'm just like, I am real sick of like the current administration and like there were some things the previous administration did that i didn't like but like i feel like the entire world uh they don't respect us and i think they laugh at us like sky news from australia even bbc in england they are clowning on biden left and right that dude fell up the plane stairs again when he was leaving yeah i don't think anybody i don't think anybody is anybody in the chat pro biden i don't know that we have anybody pro biden we have i'm sure we probably have some anti-trump but we don't have any pro biden joe you're hitting that nail on the head about secularism and it's like if you don't believe in something you'll fall for anything that's and secularism yeah i I agree with you it either worships ideologues politicians or you'll worship yourself can i can i can i play can I play devil's advocate here? Please. Because that's what I'm doing. I don't necessarily disagree with what you guys are saying, but let me play devil's advocate. How often have people used God and used God in this country and in other countries to do awful things Every and country. had absolutely no repercussion for it because they said that they were following the word of God? Every country. Well, dude, that even goes back to, happens all the time. Even to the Crusades. Absolutely. What about that church? I mean, they uh, were ruthless. Hillsborough Baptist that uh, was protesting oh, like yeah. God's yep. hate gays and then like, yeah, and then out, outside of tr- uh, sol- soldiers' yeah. funerals and stuff, they'd like protest outside yeah. of soldiers' funerals. That's a pretty extreme example in the United States. But the, here's the point that I'm saying. I think that most people are pretty easily tricked as a whole. I think that it's – I think there's plenty of – fault to go around and now while i do believe that there is a god and while i do believe that a relationship with that god is important and i don't not saying that it should not play any role in politics here's what i am saying is i'm saying that what you're going to run into from the other side on this is we're saying that it needs to be regulated by religion well um Fucked up people inside of religion have been fucking people over for a pretty damn long time. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to come with a little better argument than without God, our laws don't mean anything. You you need to come up with something that's a little more universal than that because you're going to have a hard time convincing people that remember uh, the Catholic Church sweeping little boys getting touched by priests under the rug. They still do that. Right. You're going to have a hard time convincing them that what we need to do is turn our country over to the church because they don't trust the church anymore because the church has become corrupted by pedophiles. It's been corrupted by it's like anything when anything lasts long enough, because men are evil. Humans are evil. We are evil beings. We're bad. We're bad. We're not good. Humanity overall is not good. The good is the celestial part of man. It's the, it's the higher consciousness of man. Us at our base are pieces of shit. And the longer, um, it, anything exists. I don't care if it's a religion, a denomination. I don't care if it's a if it's a political group. I don't care if it's a government. I don't care what it is. The longer it exists, the more people are gonna achieve power in it and make it fucked up. I don't care if it's the church. I don't care if it's a denomination with inside the church. I don't care if it's a government. The longer it exists, that's the reason why we have these constant resets. That's why there's 300,000 versions of Christianity. Because one version will build up. They'll become 
dead and fucked up and they'll do something and they'll split off and a new one will start. Same thing with governments. What we're going to have, what, what is the inevitable here is eventually this government that we have, this world that we're living in is we're going to have to hit the reset you ever button. seen the book of Eli? Yeah. I have, yeah. Denzel Washington. The Denzel Washington. <clears throat> what was the, the antagonist in the film? What was the one thing he wanted his hands on? He wanted what? The Bible. He wanted the Bible. Okay, the antagonist, yeah. Why, why did he want the Bible? Because he could control people with it. Right. Yeah. He knew that, that it had power. Right. So, so that's, this is my argument to you, and we're going to wrap no, it up is, right here. This, this is with the church, like the, with the Pope, Roman Catholicism, even with, uh, with the Reformation since With religion comes great power. Right. With religion comes great power that can go one of two ways. And I think that a lot of times when we're saying, oh, we got to bring religion back, it's like, okay, but with that's going to come a level of responsibility that I don't know that we're ready for. And, and so I don't, I don't know that I think that the answers are as, are as cut and dry. I think that I think at this table we can study history and we can say, okay, these are the conditions that have pushed humanity the furthest. Okay, strong males being in the home, hardworking, delta what's, males. What's the point in the nuclear uh, family? What's the point of the father? What does he provide to the child? Provision and protection. That's right. And and yeah, and then also what does the mother provide? Nurturing and love and comfort. comfort. Yeah. And so when you displace one of those things, like, the, but, you, but you're taking half of what that kid needs away. The point that I'm making is though, when we look at in schools, these, these are like. When we look at society as a whole, the hell out of teachers now. I I I hundred percent agree that a man not be in the home. That's a different episode. Let's get. Let me finish my point here. Uh, I think that when we start making assessments of okay, well, what what works? I think that there are a few different things that you could you could point to, but I think that um, that's what we need to be looking at. Is like okay, well, what systems work the best? So I'm not disagreeing. Okay, because I would say that we were probably the most productive through the last, I mean, the last hundred years have been the most productive years in human history. So what have we been doing for the last hundred years? It's probably what works the best. We're moving into a new system now. That's what the left is doing. They're moving us into a new system of belief that we don't know if it works yet or not. That's really all it is to me. Like, I'm just looking at it as two different belief systems that we don't know if one works and we know the other one does. It's not really like an emotional thing for me. That's all I got. Let's jump. Let's wrap this episode up. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching the Man Up podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to the Mississippi Superman Show on YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and go listen to the Man Up podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see y'all on the next episode. Peace. I got a pee pee. <laughs>